Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, brought to you today by SeatGeek and available on iTunes, Audioboom, wherever podcasts are found. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Excited to be with you all on this Wednesday as we gear up for the long weekend. Holiday weekend should be kind of fun. But still a lot to cover for the Pelicans. Dante Cunningham rumors coming out today about him potentially where he might land and sign. It doesn't sound necessarily great for the Pelicans, though they still have an advantage with him. I'm going to talk about that, talk about the end of that Spurs Warriors series, what maybe it means to a longtime Western Conference uh, powerhouse in the Spurs, and does that maybe bode a little bit well for the Pelicans. Have a few other things to discuss on here as well. Some more about Chris Finch and how the Pelicans might play with their offense next year. So a lot of t- a lot to talk about today here on Locked On Pelicans. All right, let's just jump right into everything and let's start with Dante Cunningham. And it came out today or yesterday, I should say, sorry, um, on ESPN.com, ESPN staff writer Ian Begley uh, talking about how the Knicks are looking for Courtney Lee type players, these unheralded free agents, knowing that the Derrick Rose signing, the Joaquin Noah signing, all those big money guys didn't really uh, worked out. So he, they're looking for maybe smaller role players that could step up and maybe take a leap. And Cunningham is listed on there saying they've had uh, preliminary interest in him. And, you know, it makes sense. Cunningham had a pretty good year, sort of, for the Pelicans. you got to kind of put it in some perspective. You know, on the year, Cunningham averaged 6.6 points per game. Um, he actually shot the best from three-point range for the Pels this year, pretty much of guys who played more than 10 games. Uh, he shot 39.2%, pretty good. But he only is making about one. It's 1.1 three-pointers per game. So it's not like it's a volume shooter and he's necessarily a huge court spacer. You put him in the corner, you can hit him. But I also remember a stretch of game last year where he missed three straight corner threes in a row on three straight possessions, and it was pretty brutal. So I don't know how effective of a spacer he is, but he played 25 minutes for the Pels, started 35 games, only played 66 total, grabbed a few rebounds. He's not a great rebounder overall, but he does bring energy, and that's something when I talked about the offense under Chris Finch yesterday, that's rather important for the Pels. They need guys who are going to cut around, uh, work off ball in this Potentially, in what it seems like it's going to be big centered offense that maybe flows around the passing of DeMarcus Cousins and to a lesser extent, Anthony Davis. Cunningham's a guy who can bring a lot of that and cut around and make runs at the rim, set screens, an energy type player. And that's not exactly something the Pels have a lot of. So being able to bring him back is certainly going to be a priority for the team, I would think. They have his bird rights so they can go over the cap to re-sign him. That's a big advantage, particularly if you know he's getting offers from elsewhere. They can at least uh, you know try and match it, depending on exactly what it is. If it's a huge money 
offer. I doubt he'd uh, or that the Pels would match. I don't think they want to pay for a guy who is um, around Cunningham's age. And you got to wonder if maybe Cunningham has some loyalty to the team that took not really a chance on him, but when they signed him midseason a number of years ago, he was out of the league due to some potential domestic violence charges, and those all got dropped and found out to be fake, and his name was completely cleared. And the Pels immediately signed him the next day, showed they really wanted him, and it ended up being a good signing. This was a guy who started for this team during that small ball run, and that's going to tie into something I'm going to talk about now, and that's the small ball era still isn't over for the Pels. Yes, you're bringing Chris Finch in to run this offense and probably run it through Boogie since Davis isn't as good of a passer as Cousins is. And you can see Cousins really playing that Jokic role. But if you have a bigger, a bigger team, you can still run small ball against them and play in transition. It worked with Cousins and Davis on the court at the same time. We saw that at the end of last year in the month of March when they were pushing the pace. And they were 10-6 and six and looked quite good. And it still works because Cousins is the trailing man in transition that I've you know, really emphasized this in how it works to you all. And you can still hit him for an open three after a break kind of ends or fizzles out. And he's going to be wide open because teams are trying to take away the look at the rim. So I think there's a lot of potential with this roster now to play a bunch of different styles. Maybe that big centered offense is your primary way of playing. But all of a sudden, if a team goes big against you... And tries to take away maybe some of those passing lanes or take away the advantage that Cousins and Davis give you. You can go back to playing a small ball style just with a tall roster and a tall lineup. And Cunningham certainly fits into that. Again, defensively, he fits in quite well. Being able to guard multiple positions, uh, you need to see that out of him. And you can still run the switching scheme on defense and not have to deviate from too much if he can be a guy off the bench. You know, the bench unit might not be able to play that same style because you don't have the right kind of players. Cunningham certainly is a guy who'd be able to help out in that regard. So I certainly think it would be a good idea for the Pels to bring Cunningham back, provided the price doesn't get too outrageous. But you're going to have to fill out this roster in certain ways, especially once the decision's made or, made or not made on Drew Holiday. But let's say he's resigned and comes back. All of a sudden, you are operating above the cap, and having the bird rights on Dante Cunningham is going to be huge to keeping talent on this roster and maintaining it here in New Orleans. Otherwise, you're kind of looking for minimum free agents and guys like that that you can sign, which while can work out and have for the Pels in the past, they're certainly not on Dante Cunningham's level. So I think it's good to bring back. And also, the guy seems like he kind of fits down here with his huge trucks. Have you guys seen those on Instagram? He posts the big trucks he drives all the time. I think he's got one gigantic one that basically looks like the cab of a 18-wheeler, pretty much. Uh, and then he's got another one that's big and big tires. And, I mean, if you want to go muddying around and everything... The South in Louisiana is certainly the right place to be if you're him. You, you go to New York City, your truck's not going to fit on the street right there. It's going to work at all. How are you going to drive around? And I think that might actually be a factor to Cunningham, though money probably more so than anything else. Basketball season might be over for the Pelicans and Pelicans fans, but it doesn't mean there isn't something always going on, particularly here in New Orleans. And the best way to make sure you're in on any action is with SeatGeek. And you guys have heard me talk about them a lot and how I used it personally for a number of Saints games this past year. I used it for the Sugar Bowl too as well. And it's the best way to get in on the action. They've got an app. Go to your app store right now. Download it. Get it on your phone. 
and you can use it to look for tickets at a moment's notice and not only that is they're going to show you the lowest price available they're going to grade the tickets for you so you know what a good deal and what a good value is there's nothing better than someone helping you save money and make sure you get the most bang for your buck download the SeatGeek app today and for locked on pelicans listeners we're running a promotion with them put in the promo code go so download the app go to settings enter promo code put in lo pelicans as in Locked On Pelicans, L-O Pelicans, you're going to get a $20 rebate just for making a purchase you were already going to make. Download the SeatGeek app today and get in on the action. So let's switch gears from the Pels to the NBA playoffs as a whole, and in particular, first, at least, the Spurs getting swept. And this might be the end of an era, really, with Tony Parker maybe set to retire after hurting that injury he suffered during the playoffs. You have Manu Ginobili, again, looking like maybe he's going to be retiring as well. He said he's going to take three or four weeks to make that decision. And the question is, kind of, how does it affect the Pelicans? And, you know, does this knock the Spurs down a rung Uh, In the Western Conference ladder, you know, they're certainly not going to be out of the playoffs, but are they maybe a team the Pelicans are going to be competing for that 7-8-6 spot uh, in the Western Conference next year? And that's certainly up for debate. I think it seems like they're going to match any offer for Jonathan Simmons, their uh, guard and wing, uh, who's a restricted free agent. They still have some young talent there. Kawhi Leonard is still an MVP candidate. I think some of the shine definitely has come off LaMarcus Aldridge over this uh, stretch during the playoffs where he just looks invisible at times. And you've got to wonder if maybe they're going to really go out and try and shore up their roster some. They have cap space, and they're able to get a guy like Chris Paul or sign Drew Holiday or someone else. I don't think you're really going to see any of the other big names necessarily go there. But they make smart moves. And all of a sudden now, these games against the Spurs might be even more important next year other than it being a division rival in the sense that, yeah, they could be on the lower end of the seeding, though I think it's too early to say that just yet. But they're certainly going to be a team kind of in flux, though you still have the steadying hand that is uh, Popovich there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But it makes you wonder, and all of a sudden they look kind of very beatable in this current setup with the team and the players and Aldridge not being the guy to carry them and you know maybe if the Pels somehow if it happens gets matched up with them in the in the playoffs next year you might feel really good about it especially with two bigs who are kind of able to go at LaMarcus Aldridge and take it to him another thing that's going to be rather interesting is how the rest of this Celtics Cavs series plays out because all of a sudden if the cat or if the Cavs win and I'm recording this on Tuesday and the game's played tonight so I don't have the result of it yet I'm going to assume Cavs win, but I don't know for sure over Boston. Maybe they don't. But if they all of a sudden win and um, are out of the playoffs, the Celtics, they really need to think about Isaiah Thomas and maybe moving him. Do you really want to give a max deal to a guard that you absolutely have to hide on defense? And that game three, you know, there's a reason they won. And I'm not saying this team's better off or that they have to trade him, but it's maybe something to explore. And there's certainly a better team with him. But defensively, they looked so much Um, crisper against the Cavs and took away what the Cavs wanted to do because they weren't hiding Isaiah on defense. The thing is, though, his offense is so valuable to that team that you you need to have that guy in the go-to scoring, particularly in the fourth quarter. If LeBron James doesn't crap the bed in that game and score, what was it, 11 points, you know, even without Isaiah Thomas on there and the defense playing much better, they still lose. If he gets like 15 points, something like that, they still lose. 
and you would have preferred to have Isaiah Thomas and the scoring he provides there to the team. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do as well, particularly because the Celtics still have that number one overall pick from the Nets now. And would they maybe be willing to move that number one overall pick for DeMarcus Cousins? Would you listeners be interested in trading DeMarcus Cousins for the number one overall pick? What about Isaiah Thomas if they decide they want to go with Cousins to steady that lineup some? Uh, would you be willing to trade Cousins or Thomas here? I don't think any of this is going to happen, but it's worth talking about because certainly the Celtics need to upgrade with another player and take in someone like Fultz. Number one overall doesn't improve them in the short term when they have a very serious window of trying to win now, kind of similar to the Pelicans. So I don't know why the Pels would trade DeMarcus Cousins. For the number one overall pick, I'd be interested. Won't lie, I'd be a little bit interested and at least think about it and mull it over. For Isaiah Thomas, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stick with Cousins and see if we can get him to re-sign here in New Orleans. But it's something to consider. So let me know your thoughts on Twitter. Give the podcast a follow. It's at LockedOnPels and mine's at NolaJake. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Again, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Just telling you guys what the schedule is going to be the rest of the week. Podcast tomorrow for Thursday. Talk about a few different things. And then taking some time off for the long weekend. I will be out of town, so unable to record the next podcast after Thursday. is going to be up on Tuesday. So we all get a little bit of a break and can kind of recover. So thank you all for listening today. Again, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Audio Boom wherever podcasts are found. Thank you all for listening, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 